God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go racing. Heavy lunch, D Welch. We're back on the Loud Pedal Podcast here on Flow Racing. It's the Greg Biffle episode, episode 16. Uh, Tulsa, it's been a wild winter prepping for the Tulsa shootout and Lucas Oil Chili Bowl here on Flow. Tulsa is practically here. Uh, Dylan Welch, I just watched Grinch the other night. Uh, what is he saying? Christmas is practically here or whatever. Uh, I wanted to tell you this, what what Tracy Hines um, said in one of the recent episodes of the Flow Racing Rewind. So so today on this podcast, we're going to share some interviews that happened in these Flow Racing Rewinds that Blake Anderson and I have done. Uh, Dylan and I did one with um, Emerson Axum. I asked Tracy, and we're getting ready to play this clip. I asked Tracy if he's still going to run, right? Like if he, if he's going to come back and run the chili bowl and he says he's not going to do it this year because he doesn't want to be that extra 1% that puts it over to 26%. So he doesn't want to be that one guy that comes in there and pushes it over to the 26% of the amount of people you're allowed to have in there. That's what he said. How thoughtful of him. (laughs) He also, um, so you were on the interview with me and Blake and he was like, I was hoping Dylan was going to be in here. Um, but he said that, um, I guess you went, you know, ass to face, ass to face a couple nights, you know, that night before. So he said you probably weren't feeling too good or whatever. <laughs> oh, after my Bakersfield <laughs> flip. <laughs> oh, Tracy Kynes literally is one of the funniest people in the world. Like he is, he is one a of a kind. Official, if you're a series official, like you probably get annoyed with him a lot. But Tracy Hines is one of the greatest ever. Well, and here's one of the things, too, that I always appreciated about Tracy is that, you know, yeah, maybe he, you know, he went about it in a way that not everybody liked. But most of the time he was he was right. You know, he he's uh, he's pretty smart, dude. And, uh, you know, he he has a, I mean, he has the reputation of of, you know, I don't even want to say whining, but of speaking his mind when he feels like, you know, something is not right. And, you know, there's plenty of times where, you know, he just says what everybody else is too afraid to say. So you got to, got to appreciate that about him. He's still a fan of the sport. His wife's a big fan. They try to get to races. He works with Thor sport. Now Um, let's play the interview with Tracy Hines from the flow racing rewind. It's episode one. It's very good. We're going to play it right now. Who's your tires, bike chassis, I mean, advanced racing suspensions, nothing more I can say. These guys just gave me a car and it was my job to get it done. I just want to dedicate this to, to Ralph Wilkie, who he actually, the, the grandpa, the owner of the car, he, um, he got his appendix busted, he had to get him taken out for gallbladder or something. And then, of course, to my, <laughs> my wife's grandma that just passed away. Right, yeah, I even messed that up. Um, Ralph Wilkie. <laughs> Is is Mark and Greg's dad? That's Chris's grandpa. Grandpa. So Mark, yeah, the Wilkie Pack is Mark and Greg, and their father is Ralph. 
Um, so I had that messed up. I said it was their grandpa. I was so – I didn't know what I was saying. The emotions. <laughs> when you think about it, Tracy, you think of what Wilkie Pack had accomplished and has accomplished in our sport, whether it be here in Indy or with the midget. They've won every big race, but they've only won the Chili Bowl once, and it was with you. Does that make it just a little bit more special? Oh, sure. Um, definitely for, you know, what they gave to midget racing, you know, starting way back when they've been racing for years. Um, I remember when they would come around and run some of the big USAC shows before they would run all the USAC with Paige Jones. They had the Hooters car. You know, that was pretty cool. Stevie Reeves ran a and won a lot for him. And Stevie and I grew up together. Um, we're a little different in age, but we grew up together in quarter midgets. So there's such a, a lineage that everything connected. Um, you know, knowing Chris when he was 10, 11 years old, um, Nikki when she was 14, you know, and now Nikki has two kids. So, you know, it's just to know that and to be part of that uh, history in life has been pretty cool. Can you show us the golden jeweler that's behind you? Uh, there, there's been a request from the producers here to we, we'd like to see see what you earned. There it is. Wow, <laughs> is that two thousand five right there? <laughs> What's that? Do you look at that most days? Is that something? I mean, are you in that office a lot to, to the point where you can see that daily and? Years no, later. this is my house office. Um, I have an office at at work. Um, so this is just kind of where I pay the personal bills and um, just kind of work on things. I have a I have a side welding business that I started too. So you know, just that's kind of the home office and what I do. Um, one of the other things that my wife uh, she just got me as a gift. Uh, I'm gonna grab this and show you. Oh boy! I didn't see. I didn't notice it back there, Tyler. Good spot. That was so a Timmy Truex here's uh, special. Here's for all my rings. So oh, there we go. if you go back, yeah, if you go back to when um, when they used to give you rings for top three in national points, for rookie of the year, for most improved, and then my three championship rings, and then um, the 2019 Truck Series ring. So we got that too because we won that as a team last year. So that that's pretty cool. You know, we, I had them just laying around and she put them in a case and thought that was pretty cool that's to awesome. keep in the office too. And hang that up Matt in your Crafton's. work office and let those drivers know, hey, you need me to get in the yeah, car. Yeah, well, that's one, um, you know, so I, I, was, I wasn't here yet when he got the first couple. So uh, I was part of the team because – I don't know if many know that when I had Carolina Nut as my sponsor, uh, the guy I worked for, Duke Thorst, Duke and Rhonda, they also own Carolina Nut. So that was okay. kind of the connection that we've had for quite a while. That's also the team that I drove for in the truck series in 2004 and 2005. So there, there's a long relationship and it was continued, just not everybody knew that it was him helping me out. Was it the 88 that you drove in the truck series? I thought it was Actually, the Menards truck. Right. It was the 88 and the 13. So my first okay. year was 2004. I drove the 88. Matt was gone. He was driving for Harvick at the time. I had I started off the year with Tina Gordon and she got hurt. Then we had multiple people fill in. Um, and then uh, actually Paul White, who I ran Silver Crown, he had got a sponsor deal. So I got him in the other truck for a while. 
And then Matt came back in 2005. And then I, I went to the 13 truck and then Matt came back in the 88. And then I went okay. there to the end of the year and then, uh, had ran some Bush series at the time, which Xfinity now. And then in 2006, went down to Charlotte, drove for Fitz Bradshaw, got to be part of the TV show, uh, MBS 24-7, The Rookies, which is pretty cool. And then just kind of, um, you know, kind of got, that's when the first start in parks were starting. And I kind of mm -hmm. didn't want to go that direction. I didn't want to run 15th anymore. I was still running the open wheel cars when I could. And I won Eldora. I won two races at the Four Crown, and Tony was handing the check out. And I said, "Hey, is Josh leaving?" Josh Wise. He said, "Yeah, he's got a a, a Bush deal." And I said, "Well, can I have the ride?" And he goes, "Yeah." And that's how we did it. And then that's why I came back. Was 2007, came back to run open wheel to drive for Tony, which I did for three more years. So we were talking before this. Um, I think the last time we've seen you at the Chili Bowl was a couple years ago when you were above the scoreboard uh, with a pretty nasty crash. Um, are you planning on making a return to Tulsa at all? No. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Um, that was a good year for us, even though we did go, we, we did get it um, put back into the show, you know, so our, I think one spot out of the show. Um, so I, I knew we had the speed. Um, I ran a race or two for, for my friend Flea, um, had fun up at Sun Prairie, but kind of had some things come up that um, I really just needed to decide not to race anymore uh, driving wise. And then um, just got so busy with the kids and kind of everything. And I was hoping to actually go to some races. My wife, she loves watching races. Um, you know, that's kind of how we met. She was friends with one of the guys I raced with. He introduced us and kind of all started in 2001. So she likes to go to the races. Um, and I wanted to go more this year, but with COVID, you know, we couldn't really go to a lot. Has it been tough kind of adjusting to the, the post-race life or does the Thor Sport NASCAR side of things kind of fill that void and keep you pretty busy where you don't really get to think about, man, Saturday night for – you know, 25 years of your life, you spent Friday, Saturday, Sunday at a dirt track, and now we don't get to see at the dirt track as much anymore. Yeah, um, you know, I'm super busy with everything at work. Um, kids have a lot of things going on. And then with, you know, with the media, with social media, you can keep up on everything. Uh, mm -hmm. And I still talk to some guys, um, still have a lot of communication when needed. Um, you know, I'm pretty much a one or two word typer when it comes to text but get it like justin grant when we have a conversation it's kind of funny because there's like 10 words total but we know what we're saying <laughs> to each other. um so you know i watch them i watch all the results i look at everything i follow it um i just sometimes i kind of look back and i'm glad i'm done because i couldn't mm. I, I don't know if it's disrespect or respect or whatever these guys don't do now but I'm pretty sure I would throttle a couple of them, and I don't mean with my right foot. Um, just the way they race now is just not – it's not what I grew up uh, knowing. You know, Tony Elliott, Kevin Thomas, Jack Hewitt, Dave Darlin. I mean, those are the guys that, that I learned from that I wanted to beat every week, and you wanted to beat them. You didn't want to crash them. You didn't want to tear them up. You wanted to beat them. Nobody had spare cars when I started. 
hell, nobody had spare motors. I mean, you just, you kept bringing your car to the track. You kept trying to make it better every week, every year. And then hopefully you'd get a newer car, sell that one. You know, now guys just have two or three cars. They don't, it's different. I wouldn't say it's good, bad. It's just different. Change a lot. He's old school. Yeah, I agree with him. Uh, Tracy, thank you so much for doing this for us. Uh, it was a good time. It was fun to talk to you. Um, it was it was good to have you on your driller season on Flow Racing and, and watch your race. Congratulations on the win again. And uh, I was kind of hoping you were coming back, honestly. I wanted to see you race again. Yeah, I was going to this year. But, you know, since there's only 25% capacity, I, I just can't be the 26%. So or the extra percent. I was going to make it. So I was Can't hoping push over the maybe Dylan, I was hoping Dylan would be on this show, but after his ground sky, ground sky, maybe he can't get his vision right or what? We got to get him patched up. Oh, boy. Yeah. It was, he went hey, but he, he made it down there and was talked to Wyndham, though, after. He, that was good. He, he made it down birthday. there and got the reaction. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday to him. Go. Tracy, yeah. before we let you go – 05 Chili Bowl, would you call it the biggest one of your career? Uh, definitely. It, it was, um, if not the biggest, absolutely one of the biggest wins of my career. Um, night before the 500 was pretty cool because Bob Parker and I, um, you know, we had been friends for so long. Uh, and, and actually recently he just had an accident. So we're, he's in the hospital kind of healing up. So we were just personal friends for so long for me to win the first night for the 500 with him. That was pretty awesome. Um, so both of them meant something to me, but I would say for a dirt win, this is definitely the highest point in my career for sure. That was Tracy Hines, Dylan Welch. That was funny. The ending there. Um, him talking about you taking that big old flip that did that hurt at Bakersfield with that was that a was that one that um and I I think I actually put it in a flow racing clip at one point talking about that night because that was actually the night Wyndham won the championship by one point and then you got out and interviewed him so you could have been that hurt because you interviewed him that night for our Twitter I wasn't feeling very good um I I was feeling a little better by the time I did that interview but I was uh that one hurt. I was not feeling very good when I first got out. So uh, I think the adrenaline kicked in after a little while. And um, but it was a, it was a rough, I was hurting for probably a week or so afterwards. I know those those ones bruise the ego pretty good. Um, but hey, if, if you don't wreck every once in a while, you're not going fast enough. Just ask Larson. He yeah, some, something like that. that. Something like that. <laughs> or you're just not good enough. One of the two. <laughs> I mentioned we watched Grinch. Uh, we watched I watch Christmas Chronicles on Netflix, the second one. It's all right. Uh, we've done this before, I believe. But what's your top three Christmas movies? Uh, we have done this. I feel like we did this like two weeks ago. <clears throat> um, no, we haven't. We haven't done it this Christmas year yet. I like uh, I like Home Alone, the original. Not Christmas cool. Vacation is always a classic. Um. I mean, I feel like you got to have Elf in there, right? Christmas Story. Um, I don't know. I'd say probably those four somehow, you know, rearranged. Elf's always going to be my number one. Um, 
Number two is probably Christmas Story. I do like Christmas Vacation. I watched it the other night. It's really funny. Um, that's Chevy Chase. That's one of his best movies. Elf is number one for me. Number two, it's got it's Christmas Story and Santa Claus. The first Tim Allen. Yeah, you're a big Santa movie. Claus they got, guy. They got worse. Two and three got worse. But Santa Claus one was phenomenal with Tim Allen. It just looked so real. You know? It was just... Of course, I believed in Santa Claus until I was 14, so. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me one bit. I really did. There is so much content available on the Flow Racing app right now. I want to share it with you. Uh, we already played the Tracy Hines clip. Um, some of it is news-related, including Alex Bright, who found out last week he no longer has Tanner Thorson as a teammate. Thorson left Malloy and Jalom Rodella for Dave McIntosh, based out of Oklahoma, Cannon McIntosh's dad. They are a very good team, and, and to me, that really helps Dave McIntosh's program, but it also helps out Tanner because his girlfriend, which is Stevie Smith's daughter, lives in Oklahoma, and they spend a lot of time in Oklahoma. So I think that went into the decision. I don't think it was a slight on Jerome Rodell because their equipment's been very good. Yeah, well, yeah, and Tanner and Shaley just – I saw the other day on Instagram just – uh, are getting ready to build a house out there. So, yeah, I think, you know, I, I don't know, but it seems like it's more of a logistical decision. You know, Jerome Rodella is based in California, um, and I'm sure Tanner wanted to, you know, to run the full schedule. So maybe something where, uh, you know, just was going to be too much for Rodellas to run. And, and, you know, with Dave Mack Motorsports based in Oklahoma, you know, it's uh, like you said, you know, with him living out there, it's uh, it's a I think probably was probably an easy decision because uh, it's good stuff. Obviously, you know, good race cars, Cody Cordell and and that whole group put some really nice race cars together. So um, he's going to be just as tough at the Chili Bowl. And um, yeah, I think it'll, you know, it'll help elevate that whole team. Just having somebody like Tanner there that, you know, comes in with so much experience, so much speed. And, um, you know, he can help improve that team as a whole. Backed by Toyota, one of the Toyota teams, you know, Petrie, Keith Coons, Motorsports is kind of the big, um, you know, the big, big dog at Toyota Racing Development. You see Keith wrenching on Petrie and, and and their stuff every once in a while, just kind of help him with engines a bit because he has more engine experience. But Toyota and Dave McIntosh have a partnership. That's kind of why Canon has been running with Keith. They have a, you know, a partnership there. Uh, we've already seen what Tanner can do in a Toyota. He won a championship. Uh, in a Toyota, I'm I'm sure he's excited to get back, you know, running the Toyota platform. I'm sure, you know, he. One of the things we talked about with Alex Bright with Blake Anderson, uh, the voice of the All Stars and one of the PA announcers at the Chili Bowl, uh, we talked to Alex Bright about will he run the coil cars because Rodella, they've won two USAC races with the coil cars with Tanner. Do you go to the bar car? Alex Bright said he's going to stick with the bar car because he's not going to try something new. Yeah, well, and Tanner already has said that he's he's bringing the coils to to Dave Max deal. So, um, I mean, I think that's you know that's the thing about Tanner is that he sets up his own cars, so he can go anywhere, and the cars are pretty much the same, you know, from team to team. Uh, you know, when he went to Rodella's, they run King chassis, which is you know different than the traditional Spike chassis that uh, he ran at Hayward, and he'll run at Dave Mack. But in principle, the cars are the same. So you set him up, you know, pretty much the same way. So he's going to take his coils to to the 08 and, uh, you know, he won't miss a beat. Alex Bright won a golden driller in the Tulsa shootout uh, recently. And we, me and Blake, we had him on a Flow Racing Rewind. I believe it is episode 
five, the final episode with Alex Bright. Here's a piece of the interview talking about the micro scene in Pennsylvania, you know, running with Rodella without Tanner Thorson, what that's going to be like, um, because they don't really know who their third car is uh, either. They don't even know if they're going to run a third car. Um, but he, you know, he's going into it feeling pretty confident because, you know, he, the, he's very good in that building and a midget. He was also good in the, you know, in the shootout, he's one of, you know, golden drillers. Um, here's a piece of that interview with Alex Bright and me and Blake Anderson. You, you know, are part of a big micro racing community in Pennsylvania. You know, you run at Cootstown, um, that area, big 600 community. What, how does that community of micro racing rival, uh, many around the country? Um, you know, I think before, uh, like 10 years ago, I don't, I don't think we had the same level of competition as the guys out West or, or maybe we did, but just nobody traveled. Uh, now in the past couple of years, you know, we've, we've had a group of guys that have been going out West to run against those guys. And then we come back home and I don't see a difference. The level of competition between, uh, home at could sound when we get, you know, 50, 60 cars a week, uh, versus going out West to the big shows. It's, every show is just as hard to win. Um, and I think that that makes it tougher for us. And that's what makes, you know, me and Carver and Spence and, you know, Tommy Coonsman, Kenny Miller, those guys uh, able to, to go to these big shows and do well. In sprint car racing, when you think of PA, obviously the PA posse comes to mind and, and the guys that kind of carry that flag around that represent one of the toughest areas in the country to race when it comes to micros it's much of the same in pennsylvania where you race when you guys travel when you go to north carolina and you go out to tulsa you kind of feel like you're carrying that banner representing central pennsylvania micro racing and what almost is a posse like mentality out there yeah a little bit i mean you know we we travel and when we do we help each other out uh but you know, back at home, it's we we're all for ourselves. So it uh it kind of the same mentality, but I guess just in the the micro world for for that. Blake mentioned North Carolina. You mentioned Brad Carver already. Uh, you guys went down to North Carolina to race at Millbridge in the Give Back Classic, uh, a race where Brian Carver won. Um, he turned down the ride though, but the fans helped him get a ride with Keith Coons Motorsports. How cool is it going to be this season seeing Brian Carver get his first chance at racing in a midget? I think he'll run fine. He's, uh, he's better than he thinks. I think he doubts himself a little bit, but, um, uh, he's a good racer and, um, I'm happy at that opportunity. So, um, I'm just excited to run against him at the Chili Bowl. You guys lean on each other. Is he lean? I guess more so. Is he leaned on you at all going into the Chili Bowl? Or is Brian? He said he's he's himself? going to. He has maybe a little bit, but um, I don't I don't think he needs to. I think he's uh he's better than he thinks he is. And uh, you know, us drivers we're all head cases, but um, we'll we'll see how he does. I I don't think he's going to need any help at all. And we'll see in this race coming up. Uh, Brian Carver has issues. Uh, you are running for uh, Malloy and Jerome Rodell at the Chili Bowl this year. Um, we did think you were going to have a teammate, although last night Tanner Thorson announced he's going to Dave Mack Motorsports. So I guess the plan right now is we don't know what the plan is for the third car. Yeah, as of now, I've, the latest I heard is uh, it's just an open seat or the car is going to be sitting there. So, um, you know, to be announced if there will be one.
Ross Weiss. Give him a call. <laughs> Tyler Nett. Yeah, right. Even, you're open. <laughs> yeah, right. I give Jerome uh, a call. I'll, I'll put in a good word for you. <laughs> Those cars actually we'll got going go really good. On me going. Yeah, right. Those cars got going really good at the end of the season. Tanner won a lot of USAC races with the coil package. I assume you're not going to continue uh, working with the coil package like Tanner was? No, I I think uh, he definitely had something going on his own there, and he had to figure it out. Um, I I think he has something that's definitely working, but for me not being with them for the entire year and this the Chili Bowl being my first race with them, and then on top of it, I haven't ran a midget, I think, since February. Um, I don't want to go to the Chili Bowl experimenting. I'd rather just run what I know, be comfortable, and uh, you know, do what I can and, and not experiment. I don't think the Chili Bowl is a place to experiment. <laughs> How tough is it to go into the Chili Bowl and uh, like you are this year and have never run a race for a team to, to be prepared and go in there – with the right frame of mind and have confidence because confidence is so big at the Chili Bowl to be able to put your car in the right position and pick up those oh so valuable passing points in a heat race. Uh, definitely. It, it, you know, it all starts in the beginning and, and it only is the better you do early on, the easier it makes it later. So, um, you know, that the first heat race is everything. It, it's almost more important to finish your race than it is to pick up that one extra spot or taking a chance of reckoning to get that one extra spot. So, um, I don't know. But at the same time, you know, going into it new, I, I got to make sure I click with those guys right away so we can uh, come out strong right out of the box. Um, I don't know what night I'm running on. I think that makes a difference, too, of who you're running against. But uh, either way, every night's just as tough. And uh, we'll uh, kind of see how that goes. I think that Alex Bright is going to have a good shot at least to win a prelim. Um, we've seen him get close before. And to me, you know, those cars, those those Jerome Rodell cars are some of the best in the pit area right now. Yeah, well, and he won one in 2016 on, on Tuesday. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's always good. I mean, he ran with, with Andy Bondio last year and um, is just one of those guys that, you know, if you're in the sport, you know, he's not a surprise when he runs well, but um, you know, maybe kind of flies under the radar, but is always, always tough. And, uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, Jerome's cars are, are some of the nicest in that building. So he's going to, you know, take his talents and combine it with a really good race car and, and, uh, you know, probably one that he was, you know, that's better than the one he was in last year. So, um, you know, he'll be, he'll be stout. He, along with his brother, um, Brian Carver, Dazen Persley, Zeb Wise, um, you know, those kind of guys who are going to run in the midgets are going to also run in the Tulsa shootout, which is happening nine days before the Chili Bowl, the opening of the Chili Bowl practice. Uh, I asked you already, you're running practice Monday, right? That's you just have to you have to practice when you run. These yeah, Chili I mean, Bowls. everybody, everybody practices Monday. See, that's going to be an advantage for me because I'm getting in before and uh, with Lonnie Wheatley's pool, I'm actually going to see practice for the first time in this pool sheet. And that's important, isn't it? It is actually. Yeah, because you uh, you can watch, you know, if you have it narrowed down your back, your lower groups, you have it narrowed down to a few guys in each group. And then you can specifically watch those guys when they go out and practice and see, you know, 
that could be be the decision maker. So it's, it is important get, if you're a big pool guy. I always get the pool sheet from Blade Kearns who watches practice. And, you know, there's others out there. I think Kevin J. Holly watches practice. Um, Dylan, ha- it, you know, he's good at these pools. Uh, we saw what he did at the, you know, the SmackDown winning the money for him and Chris Schwartz only. Um you know, he, he hasn't been all that good at uh, the Chili Bowl. I mean, you well, one of the years, if you would have picked yourself, you would have won the thing probably, right? The year I made the show, which was 16, I finished fourth in the pool. Um, so, yeah, I was terrible last year. So, so last year, I used KJ's cheat sheet for the very first time and had my worst performance ever in the Chili Bowl pool. I mean, I was in the back 100. I mean, it was I was terrible. So... I don't think I'm. Uh, I don't think I'm going to employ that strategy this year. I think I'm going to just go back to my traditional method, and hopefully that uh, that gives me a little more luck. Wow, taking a dump on the old cheat sheet from KJH there. Maybe I just um, picked the wrong guys, but I used his sheet and I was terrible. So the talk of Twitter and social media right now is that Sammy Swindell got snubbed from the race of champions. Did you see that, Dylan Welch? And how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of silly. I mean, I don't know how you have the guy who's won more, you know, more races in that building than anybody else not be in a race of champions. Um, you know, they changed their rules and their criteria because, you know, I mean, there was a couple years where there was guys in there that were like, you know, it's like, what are they doing in here? You know, why are they in this race? Um <laughs> But I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, there, you know, and I'm not going to name names, but I mean, there was a couple years in there. It was like, why are these guys in here? But to me, it's like, it's pretty simple. I mean, you, you make it, you make it a race of Chili Bowl, you know, a main winners that have raced it, you know, that are racing it, you know, that, that year guys that have won the Saturday, a main and guys who are 2020 national champions, you know, so all-stars, outlaws, USAC, ASCS. I mean, you know, put your parameters on what, you know, how many champions you're going to have. But, I mean, it's self-explanatory. It's a race of champions, Chili Bowl champions, national champions from the year before, and that should be it. So, um, I don't know. I I mean, to me, me it's pretty simple. So, I, I kind of agree that I think it's a bit silly that he's not in it. As of now, the 20, you know, as of now, from the 2020 rules that they ran the Viroc last year, Sammy Swindell, um, without you know, without having a podium finish in the years prior, if you will, um, is not locked in because champ, you know, Chili Bowl champions are not locked in. And, and like Dylan says, this is a series championship. That's how that race started, anyways. So whether it's right or wrong, that's the rules of of the Viroc right now. Um, of course, I'd love to see Sammy Swindell in there. Because, like you said, there are people who uh, really don't deserve to be in it at some point. You know, sometimes. Um, but here's the thing: that track is always so narrow. At that point, it's like the front row usually wins it. We've seen some good ones. We've seen some good. You know, C Bell has made a charge through one of those things uh, that that'll put your hair on fire. But you know, the Viroc is is you know an interesting time. But I do agree with you. Like, if you're a champion of the Chili Bowl, it's the biggest midget race of the year. This is a midget race of champions. I think it would be like, you know, going to Knoxville and they do that little, what, what is that little, the, the Knoxville championship race. Don't they have the same thing at the Knoxville nationals? And, I don't know. And, and to be honest. Not putting, you know, 
well, Nia Shots usually wins the World Outlaws Championship anyways, but not putting Danny Lasowski in if he's running or Terry McCarr, you know, someone who's won a Knoxville prelim or a Knoxville, you know, Knoxville feature. I think if you want a prelim, you should be in that thing. I mean, how many cars are in it right now? Um, I mean, it's usually around 20. I mean, in, the, in this year, you know, they're including, I think, prelim winners from last year and stuff, which is fine. But, I mean, to me, if you're going to call it the race of champions, it should be champions only. You know, champions of the Chili Bowl and national champions. I mean, it. Uh, I don't know. I don't. It to me, it shouldn't be that difficult. You know, but um, but here we are, and that's uh, that's how it's going to be. One of my favorite flow racing rewinds um, is with Sammy Swindell's son Kevin. Uh, of course, Kevin. Uh, I can you remind me of what year it was? Dylan I was in a crash at Knoxville. Um, he, you 15. know, he's wheelchair bound still right now, 2015. He's done an excellent job working with some of the younger guys, including Gavin Bichelle and the micro sprint, you know, ranks building a micro program. They've built sprint cars. They won all-star races with Spencer base. And he's a good wrench, a really, really good wrench. And for years in Tulsa, they were the best wrench in Tulsa. They, you know, Kevin Swindell dominated four years in a row from 2010 to 2014. He won all four in a row. And I don't think he got enough credit for that, though a lot of people went into that building searching for them to lose. That's the reason why they went there is to watch the Swindells lose, because sometimes they can be a bit controversial, but they are funny. And Sammy Swindell poo-pooed all over Walkopedia's tweet the other day. And it's like, Walkopedia, um, all he did was present the facts. Like, he wasn't trying to, like, get Sammy out of, you know, the wasn't trying to get Sammy out of the Viroc. He probably thinks Sammy should be in the Viroc. But Sammy got on there and was like, this is not right. My son, who has four golden drillers, I have five. Like, m- my son owns the cars, now wrenches on the cars. We should beat both of us. Probably both their cars. Look and see he's a USAC champion, too. Like, maybe he should be in, too. Well, and to me, to me, that's even where it gets it gets finicky because, you know, you have guys that, you know, are driving, you know, if you have, if you have cars entered by former winners, that's where it gets muddy, you know, because like, to me, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm in the wrong here, but to me, it's that race should be drivers who are driving that have won a chili bowl or 2020 national champions. And if it's, I mean, if it's 10 cars, it's 10 cars, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe that's, you know, maybe that's, unrealistic, but I don't know. I just, that's my, that's my opinion. That's always been my opinion of it. So it's, uh, it just, when, when you put too many rules in it and stuff, I think it devalues it somewhat. So it's supposed to be an all-star race. NASCAR does that a lot. Uh, I, I actually personally think that the Chili Bowl and Brian Holbert and those guys, they've done a good job of doing that Viroc event. Uh, it's just, the Sammy Swindell thing. I mean, he's going to be mad, but it is what it is. That's what the rules are. No, I mean, yeah, it's it's still, it's still a, it's still a great race. I'm not trying to, to devalue the race. I'm just saying that, you know, again, I mean, the whole point of this is that the guy who's won the most chili bowls in chili bowl history is not in the champion is not in a race of champions. Like that's, that's not right. You know I mean? That's, I don't think that's how it should be. And that's just my opinion. Kevin Swindell won four golden drillers. Uh, Swindell followed in the footsteps of his father, you know, the sprint car legend, the guy we're talking about, Sammy Swindell, he's a hall of famer. He is, the winningest driver in Chili Bowl history. Uh, Swindell watches his first win of his career in 2010 with us on the Flow Racing Rewind. Um, 
that started about a half decade of dominance of rain on the Tulsa Expo Center for he and his dad, uh, Sammy Swindell. Here's a piece of that interview with Kevin. It's great. Uh, he, you know, he opened up with us a lot. He even talked about the the square tank that they've been running for years at the Chili Bowl uh, Midget Nationals, the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Midget Nationals. So here's a piece with Kevin. Here we are yet again, another Flow Racing Rewind here ahead of uh, driller season heading to Tulsa. We're joined by Kevin Swindell and Blake Anderson. Uh, Kevin, thanks so much for coming on. It's going to be fun to talk about your first win at the you know at the the Tulsa building in the Chili Bowl. Uh, you know, it started a string of four straight for you and, and a lot of dominance in that building for both you and your dad. Yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, kind of never thought, I think when I won that one, I think you'll see after the race that I was a little shocked to an extent and it, it worked my ass off. So, um, yeah, to, to think that three more came after that, you know, when I was just, um, you know, just psyched to, to finally get up in the front of one of them, really. Kevin, can you remember back, let's, let's say pre-January 2010, you're a guy that uh, the Swindell name is so synonymous with the Chili Bowl from your dad's success in the early beginnings, and it's really one of those events that you grew up at. Can you remember growing up what the Chili Bowl really meant to you before you got in a midget and got to race it? It was, um, you know, it, it – it was more of a shootout thing to me for years, obviously with, with the carts and everything. And that was kind of the biggest race I got to run every year, um, cart wise. And honestly, you know, with dad's schedule, I didn't do a lot of racing, you know, period. So, um, you know, that was always fun. And, and I kind of, we went to a lot of the first ones when I was, you know, little, and then it was kind of, you know, we, we skipped a few. And I think the first one I really remember being at was that one where he was like, like in the F or deeper than that or whatever and, and drove all the way up through and then I think he broke around like second in the A so that was kind of like the first one that I really was you know felt involved in so um yeah it's it's a neat place it, it, it means a lot to us and you know back then a shootout win was was huge even in a cart still is big to win uh, a shootout golden driller uh you mentioned your dad in this race. He gets pretty unlucky a few times, but still ends up getting up to the front and running right behind you. Um, you and him kind of waged some pretty big battles in this building in the midgets. Yeah, you know, this first, hell, I guess all four years, really, he was involved. I think the first year he was, you know, he came from the back and, and had the issues or whatever. So I never really, you know, saw him that much. But, you know, two, three, and four, you know, we raced side by side and, couple of the race of champions even even we raced pretty hard and and banged pretty good coming to the checkered one of them and trying to beat him so uh yeah he was um you know through those years too he was he was damn good as well what is it about that building and that particular racetrack kevin it seems like you always had success there whether you talk about your two shootout wins or even i mean your first a main in 2008 you ran sixth in your first a main appearance and then really that kind of lit the fire, missed the A in 2009, and then obviously went on that incredible run starting in this race in 2010. Just Is there something about that building that that particular racetrack suits your driving style, or or what is it? What was the magic? I thought about this the other day, and I, I feel like places like that have a lot of character, and, and there's, you know, you go to a lot of these places, and there's kind of one fast way to go around them, you know, or maybe two. You might get a bottom and a top, and 
it's it's rare that a lot of the stuff gets very creative and, and there i feel like there was a lot of little intricacies that you could find to you know to make time and, and to do things and you know things that guys missed and i always just felt like i was more of a what i lacked maybe in raw speed at times i made up for and kind of outthinking guys a little bit so i felt like you know there was good um you know 08 was was hard to pass and i feel like i was one of the best cars you know, that year. And then even 09, I don't think anybody realizes that um, Stenhouse got a piece of the berm on the prelim night. And as I was passing for the lead and it stuffed me on the fence off of four and knocked the rear end out of it. So that put me in like the D and I think I got to like seventh or eighth or something in the B to try to get in. And they, it was the, the weirdest thing too, because they kept reworking the racetrack for those DCs and Bs that year. And I remember just being so mad Cause like this, I was the first, B, like first D, first C, first B. I'm going out running hot lap racetracks, and I got to pass cars. And I remember thinking, like, I, I ran like second in the C, and I was like, I didn't pass a car for like four laps. I don't even know how I got here. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Dad's car was great that year, and you know, it was just kind of a shame because I feel like we both could have been up there even even that year. Kevin Swindell uh, again. We mentioned Sammy got uh, so far. You know, the rules could change, I believe I was saying. Uh, Sammy has been snubbed from the race of championship, you know, the race of champions heading into the uh, 2020 Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Midget Nationals. Um, those were some good episodes of the Flow Racing Rewind. Uh, Kevin Swindell talked, you know, about the, the square tail tank. He said that it didn't really have a driving advantage. It's because those square tail tanks have more fuel. 55 laps is a long race. Uh, it's the longest yeah. midget race of the year. For sure, right? It is. It is. Yeah. I mean, one of you know, one of the longest behind you know, like Turkey Night or the Hangtown. But I mean, this year, you know, it'll be the longest. But yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think there's a weight, there's a weight transfer advantage maybe to the square tanks. I mean, because you can run, you can run 55 laps on a regular with a regular tank on the car, so it's not going to be that. It's not like he can go longer than anybody else. You know, they don't have to make a fuel stop. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, you know, they were kind of the first ones to, you know, to really kind of pioneer that, you know, at least, uh, and have success, you know, and, and you see guys now like the hard eight guys with Jonathan Beeson runs one and, you know, Briscoe has one on his cars. So, um, yeah, for a while there, I mean, at the start of the decade, you know, they were, uh, they were obviously the guys to beat. And like you said, you know, it was, it was always the talk every year of, of, you know, who was going to beat the Swindells. Um, and it was almost Larson in 13 and then, BC one and 14. And then that was kind of the end of that era. Um, so, and then it became like the Larson and, and Christopher Bell, you know, era. So um, they certainly, uh, you know, certainly left their mark on this race and, and, you know, continue to do so obviously with Sammy running and, and then, you know, Kevin running the 39 with CV. So um, you can't, can't talk about this race and not talk about the Swindells. There's no doubt about that. CV is going to be a real contender. He was last year charging uh, towards the end. At one point, and you can watch this feature on Flow Racing right now, you know, C. Bell lapped CV at the beginning of that race. And then he comes back up to like sixth, I think, or, you know, in near the top five. Like the track changed that much, and they had the car set up to change so differently towards the end of the race. You know, you have to be good by the end of the race. Who's your pick to win the Chili Bowl this year? I think there's so many good well, guys. Like, I think I'm going to go with Rico. Yeah, well, and it's hard to it's hard hard to bet against 
Larson or Bell, but, you know, and going back to what you said about CV, you know, I think, I think something too, you know, they set up their cars, um, you know, a certain way. And I think probably if you haven't run one before, it takes you a little bit to kind of wrap your head around it. Um, so, you know, CV should be even better this year because he's had a year's, you know, year's worth of laps in that building in that car. So, um, that, I mean, I think, I think it's going to be a super, I mean, it always is super competitive, but I think it's going to be, I think it could be wide open this year because you've got so many guys, so many really good guys and really, really, really good cars, you know, for, you know, the last few years, you know, you've had a couple guys that are in, you know, that are good drivers that are in, you know, decent cars, but, um, you know, maybe have something happen where it's like this year, you know, it's like, there's so many more super teams that are just loading their rosters with, you know, studs, um, that, you know, I think it's going to be, I think it's gonna be really tough. Um, you know, it's hard to bet against Kyle, obviously, but I mean, I, I got to look at a guy like Thorson, you know, who is, I think as good as he's been ever in his career, you know, right now, um, he's super good in that building, obviously, and he's in a great car. So, um, you know, when it comes time to, you know, do filling out your top three, you know, for the Chili Bowl pool tiebreaker, you know, it's like between Larson, Bell, and, and Thorson. You know, I mean, I think I think Tanner has a legitimate shot to beat those guys. So um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Justin Grant, Chris Windham, Tyler Courtney, um, real contenders to me. Um, you know, Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, obviously Rico Abreu, Buddy Kofoid has been really good in that building. Cannon McIntosh. Those are your favorites heading into the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Midget Nationals. Uh, Jay Drake works for Keith Coons Motorsports, and we actually had him on a Flow Racing Rewind as well. It's episode three. Emerson Axum, Dylan, and I recorded that one from the Tulsa Shootout. That is episode four, and we already mentioned Alex Bright is episode five. So it's Hines, um, Kevin Swindell, Jay Drake, Emerson Axum, and then episode five is Alex Bright if you want to check out all the Flow Racing Rewinds uh, right now. Those are really, really good ones with uh, Axum. And, of course, Jay Drake, who won in 2001. The following year, he broke, I believe, his arm. Tony Stewart gets in the car and wins in the exact same car. And Keith Coons tells the story, Don Welch, that Tony actually gets out of the car and says, that's my car. I want to buy it from you, Keith. And Drake says, uh, no, it's not. I won the Pepsi Nationals with that. I won the Belleville Midget Nationals with that. I won the Chili Bowl with that the year before. And Smoke says, you can't afford it. And Drake says, fair enough. <laughs> yeah you know jay when he won his when he won the chili bowl in 2001 um he was coming off you know his own like career year you know won like almost 30 races i think um you know in the midget and sprint car and 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 then kind of capped off the 2000 season by winning the 2001 chili bowl um and then you know was you know just as good in 2001 and then crashed at Terre Haute in a midget and i mean horrible crash um but yeah that's funny that's uh jay was a stud man he was he was super good and um he should have had another one too got snookered by dan Bors one year and and lost one but um he's good our hat shakes of the week i just surprised you again didn't i yep there's no racing. Who are we giving our Who are we giving our hat shakes to? I was thinking are about you give one to, to everyone your em- who give one to your employer for the fourth week in a row. No, I was just thinking about giving one to everyone who has made it through this tough time for humanity. You know, who kept a level head and hasn't gone mad during this insane time of, um, you know, 
having to uh, abide by the rules and everything else, you know? Yeah, I'll give one to uh, the fine folks at uh, at the Chili Bowl for at least you know making this event happen. You know, I mean, I think it would have been it would have been a huge blow just if you know this race hadn't happened. And for you know, I get excited every year about it. You know, when they when they start putting videos up on social media of them building the racetrack and stuff. But it's like this year, I think you know everybody just is looking for something that is you know a positive and exciting and and. I'm more excited, you know, about it this year, um, you know, than I've been in, you know, a long time, just, just, just to be able to be there and go and, and, you know, experience it and, you know, get to race in it again. So, uh, it'll be my ninth one, which is, is insane, you know, hard for me to believe. And, um, so I'm just, I'm glad that, that everybody's, uh, you know, done their part to, you know, get fans there and, and, you know, get all the race cars and teams and everything there. And, um, super pumped that, uh, it's going to happen. This is your ninth chili bowl. Wow. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, Haley Shanley did do a video of the track build process at the Tulsa Expo Center. No, I did see a tweet or a comment from someone saying, I thought they kept the track up year round. That is not correct. They do uh, do other events in the Tulsa Expo Center. So no, they do not keep that track up all year round. They literally started this last week. It was put up in a matter of a week. It was done in a week, and we have a video. Well, of it they all. tear it. I mean, they basically, they basically tear it down. The last few years, they've had to tear it down and get all the dirt out of there. I mean, in like twenty-four hours, because there's like an event yeah. the next week. So they, uh, as soon as it's done, I mean, they as soon as the checkered flag falls on that Saturday, Main, they start tearing stuff down. So. I cannot wait to see Robert Bell pushing around people with his jazzy at the Chili Bowl. I cannot wait for my Frito Chili Pie that I'm about to have at both the Tulsa Shootout and the Chili Bowl, though we found out at Millbridge uh, if I have too many uh, walking tacos, what happens? Um, yeah, I'm, ready for Tulsa. <laughs> I'm, ready, I'm ready for Tulsa. Let's do this. Um, this has been the Greg Biffle episode of the Loud Pedal Podcast, Dylan Welch. It's been fun. Merry Christmas. Thanks for working. Merry Christmas. Um, I know you didn't want to work today, but uh, I'm glad you could fire That's that hamster true. of a computer up and uh, get on here. Yeah, me too. I was a little worried I wasn't uh, wasn't going to be able to get on, but thankfully the old uh, old computer here has, dino, has yeah has it needs it needs to go on the dyno. It's it's down about five cylinders here i've raced on that thing and crashed very big on that computer that you're using uh, on iRacing. no this is my laptop you've crashed on my other computer oh that thing's even older yeah i know it doesn't yeah it is you're right <laughs> thanks for joining us we'll see you next week on the loud pedal podcast